I can no longer hold space for you in my life as a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's, that is as complicated as it needs to be because that's what it is. You're just no longer able to hold space for this person in your life. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. And welcome back for another episode of our podcast. So I guess I'm going to keep going like with The Bachelor, the bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, Bachelorette. updates since you're not watching it. And no. I don't know. There's I don't know if there's many people watching it this season because I don't feel like I've heard as many people online at least talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just don't see it on Twitter as much as I used to. And I feel like that's where I used to see predominantly like a lot of the discourse. I know. Well, people would typically like live tweet it. So. Oh, yeah. I used to live tweet it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have cable anymore, so I can't do that. <laughs> no cable life. <laughs> but I. This has the most shit show season and i'd said that last week when the men like divided up onto mm, the separate yes. like teams teams separate, they separate women <laughs> yeah which they should have done from the beginning let's just go ahead and say that but because here's the reason why they should have done the beginning because now you got i don't even remember his fucking name that's how irrelevant this season is but there's one boy i want to say his name is jordan logan who the fuck knows some basic ass white boy name uh and he is on rachel's team the blonde one but he still has feelings for gabby and he's like and he wants to switch and i'm like this is the problem this mm-hmm. is this is exactly the problem that you're going to have, and they were wanting that problem, I think, probably. And he, uh, like, at the end of the episode, Rachel, like, offers him a rose, and knowing, like, he's, like, admitted to camera that he, like, is, like, has feelings for Gabby and wants to be on Gabby's team, but Rachel had such a bad week that he feels bad and says yes and accepts her rose again, uh, even though... He's, play, he's playing for both teams, basically. Like, he, that's what he essentially is going on. He is a double agent in this one. Mm. And... Well, that doesn't make... <sighs> that probably doesn't make Gabby feel like he is even at all interested if he says yes to her rose, right? Or does she know? She doesn't know. Oh. Well, then, what does he think is going to happen there, Magic? I don't... I don't... I don't know. I'm like, you're going to say no to... If you say no to... I feel like if he says no to Rachel's rose, they're not going to let him switch. Mm-mm. Which is probably why he's continuing on. I guess. I don't fucking know. And then you had this other Hayden. Oh, my God. I want to... I've never... He had one, a very punchable face. Let's start that off. Uh, But (laughs) he is such an asshole. Mm. And it was, like, on this show. And, like, he's saying this stuff. Like, it's, like, very, like, behind the scenes kind of... um, talk like you know like when like the girl's not around but the camera is still rolling in the house kind of situation yeah, yeah. and it looks like they don't know the camera's rolling kind of situation um saying like calling them bitches 
saying that his ex was way better than Rachel. Um, and, like, he just wants to go home to his dog. Then go home. Oh, so Rachel found this all out, and she sent him home, and he was trying to say that she was, like, this was, like, all, like, being misconstrued because <laughs> there was one guy on the show called Meatball. <laughs> Wait, was he the one that came with the sandwich? The meatball sandwich? I don't, I think so, maybe. I don't know. Um, I didn't pay attention. I think that's, that's not his real name, but that, Rachel keeps calling him Meatball, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I would not. I hate that. I hate that. She's like holding it with the rose meatball. And I'm like, no, no. Call him by his God. It's like government name. Please call him by the name on his birth certificate. Like, I can't believe she called him meatball as she's giving him a rose. I would be pissed. It is so cringy. Like, I don't understand. But... That just sums up, I feel like, the shit show that this season is, like, in that alone. So, Meatball, I don't even know his name, <laughs> Meatball tells Rachel what Hayden's been saying, and, um, yeah, she sends Hayden home, and then you know, like, how, like, when they're in the car, they're, like, they're being sent home, and, like, they talk to the camera a little bit? Mm-hmm. He's, so, he's not even talking about how, like, he's going to miss Rachel, or Rachel made a mistake. He's like, I can't wait to get home to my dog. Like, just talking about his dog. I'm like, oh, my God. He's like, like this is a dumb experience. Please get me home. Like, he was like, his dog, it was something about, like, he kept, I don't know his dog's name, but he was just like, that's who deserves me right now, is my dog and all this stuff. And, like, oh, my God. It was, it has not stopped being the cringiest season, season of all ever <laughs> like i thought i thought re- the redacted season uh mm-hmm. is it colton <laughs> yeah i just call it redacted okay we don't we i pretend it doesn't exist okay. yeah. um i thought that was the cringiest season no this this takes the cake this or like clear no take this is taking the the cake at the cringiest season. Oh, yeah, I forgot um, about Claire. Is she still with that guy that she left with? No, I don't. Who knows? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Obviously, no one. <laughs> I I need to stop watching the show. I can't keep going on, but yet I'm invested. Here I am. We're gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep mm-hmm. going. Well, I'm slowly making my way through Selling Sunset. I think I'm on like episode oh, okay. like three. But we're 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 getting there. Of what season? Numero uno. Oh. <laughs> I only watch it when I like am eating dinner by myself, like when Blaine's at work. Why did I? So, why did I think you've seen this already? Why oh, did no. I think you've already seen it? No, no. But oh. I needed I needed something now that Gossip Girl. I don't have HBO Max, and they're like in limbo of where they're gonna have a home, it's and it's disgusting. Twenty twenty three. We're good. We're fine. We're fine. You're fine for now. Nothing's changing as of right now. It's a whole thing. It's not. Well, I don't. I don't even have HBO Max anymore. Our, our, my dad's oh. not paying for the subscription. <laughs> oh, so I, I can't watch it um, oh. until I just decide to do it myself. But yeah, so that's what I've been. It's watching. a great streaming service. I know. It's a great streaming service, I and I will say that to the day I die, that HBO Max is a great streaming service. So if anybody from Warner Brothers is listening. It's a great streaming service. Don't get rid of it. I know. It. I've actually really enjoyed HBO Max, but, you know, I got to be weird. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we uh, finished Stranger but, uh, Things. 
Fucking finally, Jesus Christ. Okay, so I need, I need, I need, I need your notes. I need to know. I, um, well, there were a lot of things that I called, um, like literally before that happened. Um, I mean, spo- I mean, obviously people have watched it by now, right? We can talk about it. I was going to say, don't okay. put spoiler alert okay. on this. Bitch, you're the last person to watch this. <laughs> I knew that Elle was the one that created Vecna. I called yes. that one. Um, there was something else that I called and I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Um, I was not expecting that doctor to die. Dr. Brenner. Ah, I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I also, I was like, how are they going to keep this going for another season? Like when we got to the end, I was like, how are, how are they going to do it? Oh, here it is. Now, now the upside down has taken over Hawkins. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna be the last and final yeah, season. Yeah, I one. figured they um, don't really have. There's no. There's years. nowhere else really to go. Two more yeah. years. Twenty twenty four. I'm gonna have to rewatch the whole series by then. Well, no, you know, I'll remember stuff. Keep up, but yeah, uh, just keep up with no, it. No, <laughs> it was very good. Very good. Very yeah. good season. Definitely. Jamie Campbell Bauer. I'm in love with that man. Uh, who does he play? Uh, Vecna. Uh, oh. The blonde guy, yeah. The uh, Henry one. Yes, it, I will show you a photo of Jamie Kimmel okay. Bauer in real. Hold on, because okay. one, he's British. Oh, okay, well, and then there second you of go. all, he's a musician in real okay. life too. Well, there you go. Um, Two things that you and, love. So, <laughs> oh my God, this man is he, so the Vecna voice. That's his real voice. He got his register to go down that low, and I'm like, that's hot. Mm. That's so hot. He's very, very rock and roll, like, in real life, like, very edgy, and, oh, God, he is just beautiful. He also was in the Volturi in Twilight. <laughs> of course he was. He's, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, like, that's him IRL. Mm, okay. Very, okay. very, very, like, rocker, and, like, I'm not usually a blondes person, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, he he is fine. I also, he is I also very, very don't fine. think that Eddie is really dead. I love Eddie. I so love much. Eddie's character. So when he died in there, I was like, I was crying. Blaine and I were both crying on the couch mm-hmm. when Dustin was like I, holding him. I was like, and also Dustin's character can do no wrong. I love, I love everything about. I love Dustin's character. Yeah. Yes, Dustin and Steve. I love them. Um, I was. I was waiting for you to get to this point because the scene where he plays um, Master of Puppets yes. on Metallica. Oh my on God. It is the coolest. I was like, this it is, is one of my favorite like, scenes this is in the entire series. And then yes. Dustin's like, we have 30 seconds. <laughs> it is so iconic that Metallica has now incorporated that scene into their concerts. Metallica's also invited, they invited um, the guy who plays Eddie to Lollapalooza to come on stage with them and play guitar during Masters of Puppets, like, with them, and then gave him a guitar. Like, he, him and Metallica are, like, Nally best friends. That is and so cool. It's so also, cool. Like, everybody at work was talking about it. It's the coolest part in the entire the series, in my opinion. character that plays, I can't even think of his name, the guy that drives the surfer boy pizza van. <laughs> uh, Argyle. 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 <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I love him. I love him too. He's so great. Funny. And then he like showed up on my TikTok ran like that like the guy play, that plays him mm-hmm. like doing something either rapping or singing I can't remember what and I was like wait this is the the pizza guy. <laughs> he's also in the movie Book Smart, which I wait. he's great at that too. 
I yeah. was going to say I thought I looked familiar. Have I seen Booksmart? I don't know if I've seen that movie or not. It's a great one. I should it's if I haven't. Of, it's on, I don't know what it's on, Okay, but it's on one of the streaming services. Um, highly recommend. It's directed by Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, thank God you're finally. I know. I feel, I kind of, I feel like a human. I can, I can now breathe. <laughs> I can now breathe for your sake. But no, it was um, good. We like took our time watching it, which I, which I appreciated because there weren't as many episodes, but they were lengthy. So we kind of like took our time, mm-hmm. um, but we finished mm-hmm. it yesterday and I was like, oh man. That was so good. Mm-hmm. So anyone yeah, that tells me they great. don't like Stranger Things, I'm like, how? Like, what? But it's so good. It's now, like, I I always have a hard time saying, like, what my favorite show is mm-hmm. because there's so many. And I don't know. I treat shows differently than I treat films. Like, I can name you my favorite films off the top of my head because mm-hmm. I, I sit there and I rewatch films. Uh, but I don't ever really rewatch television shows because they're a lot more lengthy and I just... Well, it's time consuming. Yeah, but I've rewatched this season of Stranger Things on like repeat. Like I've rewatched Stranger Things in general, like lately on repeat, and it, it that's definitely it has to be one of my favorite shows, yeah. hands yeah. down. It's so and, good. Yeah, like it's it's such a good story, and like I just ugh, I'm so excited. I love mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. yeah, thank God you're finally through it, but. Before we get into like more things, there, this is so random. This is I'm gonna pivot do a 180 really okay. quickly. I saw this on TikTok and I I wanted to ask you last episode, I forgot, but I really want to get your opinion on this. So I saw this. I'm gonna start asking this question on like first dates. Okay. From now on. Okay. So Someone on TikTok said that this shows you what kind of... I don't want to tell you what kind of person it shows you. Okay. But it shows you what kind of person you are in some kind of like way. light. Okay. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. So it's a simple question. Um, and I just want your like first like initial answer to it. Okay. Uh, and, and girls, I'll tell you why I'm asking this afterwards and why you should ask it on first dates. Okay. There's two sisters. Their mom just recently passed. At the funeral, they see a man for the first time. Two weeks later, one of the sisters kills the other sister. Why does she do it? Because that man is the man that killed their mom. Boom. So you're not a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it is a question to tell if somebody's a psychopath like if, or not. If like the other because sister went for him and he didn't. Like, no. Anything? No. No. The psychopath answer would be so the sister could see that man again. Hmm. Because she saw him at the funeral, so she kills her sister to see that man again. That's the psychopathic oh, answer gosh, to it. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> so if you have that, if that's the first, and that, that, if that's like the first like answer you think of is to see that man again, you might have some psychopathic <laughs> tendencies. That's actually um, a really good question. But like when I first heard it, I was like, what does the man have to do with any of this? True, though. True. True. <laughs> and, and that's like a, a more like logical, like, answer, like, Thing that people say so yeah ask them your first dates this valuable question and <laughs> it will prove whether or not if your date is a psychopath or not wait my answer didn't even make any sense why would the sister have killed the sister if the man was the one that killed the mom that See, that twisted yeah. my total thoughts <laughs> yeah i was like trying to, it's just, i think i was trying to find the answer to too much I, I, but that's the thing. A lot of people do that because yeah. you're thinking logically and everything. Yeah, I'm like, okay, where, well, 
Yeah. When I found out that that was the answer so she could see the man again, like, it, I was like, oh, God, that's... Ooh, I, that, my mouth like, dropped. Like I was like... Oh, I was just like, oh, my God, that's such a good answer. <laughs> and I was like, the, wait, that's... Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. Like, that was what went through my head. And yeah. I was just like, wow. Um, yeah, she. that was the first time they ever saw the man. And she's hoping that if she... If, He'd show up at the next funeral. So. Mm, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's kind of spooky. I don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to start asking that on my first dates. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll report back to let you know. <laughs> Honestly, though. You can, be we- you can be weeding out some people real quick. Especially here in L.A. Especially mm-hmm. here in L.A. Can we get mm-hmm. it right through them? That is your survival tip for this week. <laughs> is that question. That's so funny. But oh I want to know what your captivations are. So, uh, I've, like I said, I've been really in wedding mode, so I haven't bought a bunch of things for myself recently. Outside um, the wedding. Outside of, like, wedding things. Um, but this is something you can get your local Target, and it's a body wash that I've been trying. It's the Method body wash, um, which I've seen a lot of people, like, trying on, like, TikTok and stuff, but the scent that I like is um it's the blue one it's chamomile starflower and blue lavender and it smells phenomenal I have like repurchased it like four times I'm that obsessed with it but it's like seven seven dollars um but yeah I'm I'm really into it because I really wanted to be into the native body wash but I don't like that stuff the native body wash. Well, actually, I use the native well, actually, body wash. I haven't tried the native body wash. I've tried the native deodorant, and that did absolutely zero for me. Yeah, because the natural deodorant. No, no, nope, um, I, I use can't. the native. I use the native body wash, and I like Wait, it. Maybe I used it. Maybe I used it at your house. I think I did. <laughs> oh, I think okay. I, I think I actually did use yours, and it smelled really good. <laughs> no, no, that's what it was because I went to go look for it when I came home, and th- we didn't have the native body wash at our Target, but we had the method body wash, and so I was like, oh, let me like smell these and try them. And I haven't gone back. Yeah, the native one's always it's sold out. It's the native deodorant that I can't get behind because yeah. I can't get behind clean deodorant. I, it just doesn't I'm work done, for me. It I'm done work. trying to wear na- uh, natural deodorants. I'm it done. It does not work. If the weather's unnatural, so should your deodorant be. <laughs> That's all I got to say. If the temperature's not re- not natural, then neither should your deodorant be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't work for my body. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Especially not, not in this hot summer heat. No, oh I don't gosh, want to be smelling no. your bo. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no, hard pass. No, get that fucking secret shit. <laughs> I get the clinical strength. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the only thing people should be wearing right now. No, yes. stop it. Stop it with that fucking bullshit. No, it's not working. Um, <laughs> What's your captivation? How do people smell like rotten produce? <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, that's not my captivation. No. No, what is it though? <laughs> it is the not okay movie on Hulu. Okay. It is so funny. Oh my god. So please, if you guys watch it, bear in mind it is satire. And I don't think a lot of people fucking understood that. At the beginning of the film, there's like a trigger warning that like talks about like flashing lights and like traumatic situations and an unlikable female protagonist your discretion advice and some people think people are they're being she's an unlikable female protagonist but some people think like that's serious i'm like it's satire 
it is it's not a real fucking trigger warning. It's satire. People like, people take things way too seriously. And so they don't understand. They're like some people are like are infuriated by the film because they can't enjoy it because they don't understand that it's satire. I think it's fucking hysterical. Is she a likable character? Absolutely not. She's fucking awful. It's this girl, Danny Sanders, who's played by Zoe Deutsch, who I love. I think she's one of my favorite actresses. And she plays this girl who she really, like, wants to be an influencer. And she's just completely out of touch and just so privileged. And she, like, wants to, like, fakes a trip to Paris, basically, on her Instagram. Like, she photoshops all these photos of her going to Paris and, you know, pretends that she's living it up at this writer's retreat over the summer. Well, coincidentally, while she's pretending to be in Paris, um, there's a terrorist attack that happens in Paris, and she ha- she goes along with it. That's the whole point of the film is that she goes along with pretending that she survived this terrorist attack in Paris. Oh my god, that's comical. And it's so fucking funny. What I love most is that there's a Caroline Calloway cameo in it and for those of you who don't know who caroline calloway is she's basically like um she was one of the scammers like um anna delvey kind of but on a not a severe scale i think she still scammed people out of money but and like lied and had like this fake reputation and all that but she's not as severe as anna delvey but she makes a cameo in it and it is it's great. It is so poetic. Dylan O'Brien is also in it, and I love Dylan O'Brien. He's basically playing like a hotter Pete Davidson in the film. Like that's his character. Oh it's gosh. giving it's giving Pete Davidson meets like if Pete Davidson was as smooth as Mac Miller. Like that's mm, the vibes he's okay. giving. Okay. Okay. Um but <laughs> Oh my god. And he is so fine in this film. And I'm watching it, I'm like, yes, I too would fake a whole life to be with Dylan O'Brien as well. Like <laughs> Because at first I'm watching it, I'm thinking, oh, this is a great idea. Like, just, like, to, like, Photoshop yourself, like, on a summer vacation, like, in Paris. Oh, my God, hilarious. And then she lies about the terrorist attack. I'm like, never mind, never mind. It's too Bad far. idea. Too Bad far. idea. But, oh, God, it was one of those films I watched and I was mad I didn't write it. That's how I felt. Oh, uh, that's so cool. It's called Not yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check I that highly, out because that sounds funny. I highly recommend. And it was one I've been, like, waiting for because the girl who directed it, who is the same age as me, and it makes me uh, just so jealous, uh, but <laughs> she really wanted to have a great social media presence, like, while they were filming it. So she hired this guy, Reese, um, on TikTok, Reese Behind the Camera, mm-hmm. and he basically, like was the social media person on the film set, which is not really a role that anybody ever does. And I think it's great that we're now seeing this as a role, and I think it should be on more films. Yeah. He's basically making behind-the-scenes videos and TikToks to promote the film like while they're filming it. And That's I'm like, really cool. I want that job. Yeah, it like <laughs> hypes people up for what's to come. Yeah, so I, I thought that was brilliant. I mean, it, since the film has such a... Like, heavy focus on social media yeah. and influencing. I think it was great they did that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited uh, for people to see it now, finally. So I highly recommend if you want, like, a great laugh, please watch it. And please remember that satire. And you will you will not like your character. Like, just accept that. You're not going to like your character. But that's the funny part of it. I love it when there's characters like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, it, I think it's because I like to write stuff like that. Like, I, I write a lot of satire um, stuff. So Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Fun. I think I like Blaine it. would like it. Yeah. 
And I'll probably just wait. I mean, not wait for him and watch it by myself because we'll be waiting 20 years. This so This is fair. This is fair. <laughs> this is true. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking, we're going to be doing another friendship episode, which mm-hmm. I'm excited. We don't really, we want to start doing more. We don't really do a lot. And we really want to, you know, hit on that pillar of this podcast. But if you really enjoyed today's episode, we have a couple more episodes that, that are related to friendship that you gals can listen to and check out along with like over a hundred and almost 50 episodes uh, ranging from self-care, spirituality, finding yourself, dating, family, friendship, whatever it may be, all guiding you through different parts of your life. And we would love for you to join us on this journey. So if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, if you can hit subscribe, that really would mean a lot to us and give us a rating as well. And if you want more information and more outreach of where you can find, you know, help for certain topics like this, we do have a ton of information on our Instagram at the gals guide pod and on our website, thegalsguidepod.com. And also you can follow us on our own personal social medias. Mine's at Emily Elise and hers is at Hannah Nicole. Adams, but we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We're going to get into some sponsors real quick and then dive right on in. So today we are discussing healing yourself through a toxic friendship. How do you deal with that? And how do you almost end that kind of friendship? I mean, we've gone through different episodes before where we talked about friendship red flags. So things to look out for uh, that when you're making friends and you're trying to um, expand your circle. We've also done an episode with Chelsea Clayton very early on in the podcast where we talked about surviving a friendship breakup. And so I think with this episode, we kind of want to do a myriad of both and just bring them together, kind of hone in on, you know, okay, so we've established the red flags, but how do you uh, kind of move on from that friendship? Do, like, and how do you end that friendship? And what is that look like for you and in my personal experience whenever this has occurred it's never been an in-person conversation it's either dissolved over time and we faded away and then it's never discussed and I watch them through their Instagram feeds for the rest of eternity Uh, or you know it's been a very passive aggressive text message thread or it's either been like an instant blocking whatever it may be, those situations. It's never been a direct, healthy conversation. And I think that people should treat it like that more often because I don't know why people feel like they can just toss away a friendship when if that was the same told about a relationship, Mm -hmm. it would be, people would be flabbergasted and floored that, like a guy did that to a girl or vice versa that oh they just blocked you randomly. Like you were three months into a three, you were three years into a relationship and they just automatically blocked you one day. Like yeah. what? Yeah. Or they broke up with you via text. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's, I always have said that I thought friendship breakups were harder than relationship breakups, but we don't treat them the same way at all. And I wanted to dive into why that is and how we can heal from that. Because I think when you have a healthier friendship breakup, it makes it easier to heal from that. And because mm-hmm. you're getting the closure yeah. and you're kind of uh, addressing what it was toxic about it. And 
I mean, at the end of the day, you were friends with this person for so long that I would hope that you, that you hope that they heal from whatever it is as to why that friendship went awry. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think you bring up a good point because I feel like people avoid the conversation more in friendship breakups than they do in relationship breakups. Like, I feel like there are more times where a couple will sit down and have a conversation and come to the agreement that they no longer should be together and go their separate ways and kind of wrap it up nicely, I Mm -hmm. guess, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. go on. But with friends, I almost feel like, I almost feel like we're family. And so for us to just like not speak to each other and just like randomly one day, just, you just never hear from them ever again. Um, it's just so odd. It's, it's so odd to me because it's like, would you treat your family like that? I don't know, maybe depending on your situation, but like in most cases, like I feel like they and you deserve to have a conversation, even if that's like closing out the friendship. Um, and I think that people mm-hmm. steer away from that because it is so emotional and vulnerable and they are, they do feel like family to you. And so the thought of like having to sit down and like hurt them or they hurt you or just in that in general is really uncomfortable. And so I feel like, especially now that we're so like media driven, it's just easier to do it over a text where you can hide behind that screen and you don't have to be that vulnerable person or you also don't have to be there when they respond because you don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know how they're going to react. And so having to be there in the moment while that's occurring is scary for a lot of people. And so I think people just say, well, if I just do it over text, like they're going to respond how they're going to respond, but like I'm going to be in the safety, safe place of my house and I don't have to react to your response and I don't have to deal with it and I don't have to try to make you feel better if that's not like really how I want to be in the moment. And so I think there's a lot of like just like fear around detachment yeah around letting go of something that has been so prevalent in your life especially if there's somebody like super close to you where you've like spent years and years and have all of these memories together and I just think it's I just think people like to hide behind their screen and I mean I've done it before with even with friendship breakups where Mm -hmm. I've just not continued on or the conversation was had over text and then like you said I just watched their life through Instagram and now that I'm 28 year old like I still congratulate this person on all the things in her life because it's like I was I don't know 2020 when that happened Mm -hmm. so like I'm not Mm -hmm. I wasn't like emotionally mature enough to be like we need to sit down and have this conversation like this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. um but yeah I just think there's a lot of people that just feel the need to hide because it is so it's messy it's not fun it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I mean yeah I think that's why a lot of people like when even they're going through relationship breakups they will do it via text so because it's detaching yourself from the outcome it's detaching yourself from the situation you don't feel as responsible for the other person's reaction and emotions and you don't feel the need to take care of Mm -hmm. them and mend to them it's selfish in my opinion yeah and uh I think as you get older, like you said, like you realize that it doesn't have to be this extraneous monologue, monolithic, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like conversation. Thou as 
da. <laughs> like I just just started doing Shakespeare in Spanish. I don't know what was going on there. But like you don't have to have it written on your notes app, you know? No, <laughs> no. I feel us drifting apart. I feel like we no longer are aligning on certain things, and I think that you know we've just grown apart. And for my sake, I think it would be better if we just, you know, took a break from this friendship, whether or not we come back to this years later on, as we've grown up and like we've moved on with our lives, that's up in the air, but I can no longer hold space for you in my life as a friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's, that is as complicated as it needs to be. Cause that's what it is. You're just no longer able to hold space for this person in your life. And I'm not saying that, but yeah, you break up with a friend, that, means, that doesn't mean you can't ever be their friend again. I think that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's... Just like in this present moment, like I cannot do this. Yeah. And it would be healthy for both sides of that conversation, I think, when it comes to getting closure, when it comes to, you know, feeling emotions. And importantly, taking accountability for things that occurred because I guarantee you there's not one person on this side that is absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to a friendship breakup, both of you contributed to it in some way. And I think that there are both different flaws that people have. And you're realizing that in a way, like your flaws don't line up. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That they're too combative. They're too conflicting. And it just doesn't make for it doesn't it just doesn't even out in mm-hmm. that way, and I think a lot of people don't want to admit that sometimes they just want to think about how the other person, what the that person did to you, and that's the only thing, and you don't take the time to sometimes self analyze like where you might have gone wrong and why that if you did something that would have led to that reaction, and they often just want to villainize the other person because it's easier for them to digest the problem and I think if you just treat it like you would a relationship breakup you don't always do that because I just think like when I'm thinking years I'm that's what I'm thinking of it's like a friendship that has lasted for years maybe decades if you were in a relationship that way you I hope if you listen to this podcast I hope that you have the same mindset as us that you wouldn't just throw it away and toss it away and Mm -hmm. villainize the other person unless they, you know, were this (laughs) evil person that cheated on you for all this time or whatever it may be. Like, I would hope that you take it with a little bit more care and gentleness. And so, yeah, there's, that comes down to that combo versus dissolving a friendship. I've gone through friendships where it has dissolved and it, those friendships were never really close. Yeah. It well, was and it's never- just awkward because it's like, are we friends? <laughs> or like, what happened? Like, we yeah. don't really talk. Like, I don't know. It just is like a weird situation to be in when it just dissolves like that. Typically when it dissolves, I think that there's usually just a certain commonality that you guys have, whether that's mm-hmm. school, work, something like that, where you, that, that commonality is no longer present. Yeah. And so it's the real work comes into maintaining that friendship. And most of the times I don't think a lot of people want to 
put in that work to maintain those friendships. And if they do that, I mean, those are really the friendships that you that show within the test of time. But once that commonality is removed, I think that's often when those friendships do dissolve, which is fine. Not every friendship is meant to last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, except mm-hmm. ours contractually. We are together forever because <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> Only because but, of podcast. <laughs> contractually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I... I think if more people were able to have the conversation, it would allow them to be more emotionally available in much more areas of their life. Mm-hmm. And True. I think it would also just lessen the sting from like in the future of this. And like I've never had to, I've never had to break up with a friend. I've had friends break up with me and it's always been super awkward and I talked about that in the first episode where we talked about healing from a friendship breakup and or surviving a friendship breakup I should say and none of those people really want back in my life I'm fine if they stay out of my life I've Mm -hmm. been able to heal from that and I wasn't sad when those when those friendships ended because they acted out in a certain way that I didn't mean that showed the true colors and I really didn't care to continue that friendship in my life but in that episode, Surviving a Friendship Breakup, I mentioned that, you know, a lot of people, when you go through a relationship breakup and people ask, oh, would you let them back in your life? Mm-hmm. Like, if it was a relationship, no one would ask you that. Like, everybody would just move on from it and no one would ask you. But if you tell somebody that you don't want this friend ever back in your life, a lot of people are shocked by that. And a lot of people are like, you wouldn't give them a second shot. And I'm like, why is it okay for me to uphold these ba- these boundaries with a relationship, but everybody thinks I'm crazy for not upholding those boundaries with a friendship, when sometimes right, a friendship yeah. can be just as intimate as a relationship. And I still think that, but I I don't think now that a friendship breakup is as hard as a relationship breakup as I originally thought. Thought, Yeah. Because, and maybe that's just the intimacy that I've allowed into mm-hmm. those certain friendships and relationships. I think over the time, I thought friendship was harder than relationship because I was more intimate, like emotionally available, I mean, by that, like more vulnerable in my friendships than I was in my relationships. But now I've become more vulnerable and emotionally available in my relationships that it would be hard, which is why, like, I don't ever want to risk losing a friend by doing certain things, whatever it may be. Uh, and so I, and I'm not talking about, like, <laughs> violent things or whatever. Oh, like. I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's another topic for another time. But um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that thought. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that friendship breakups can be just as bad as relationship breakups and vice versa. And how you go about ending it will determine if that person is ever allowed back in your life. Because if somebody broke up with me via text or blocked me or whatever, like it had been before, I would not want to continue that friendship because you did not give me the emotional or like human decency of respect of giving me an in-person conversation that I thought we deserved. Because I don't care if you're afraid of my reaction 
I really don't care if you're afraid about how I react. I'm one. Do not speak for me. I'm true. True. You are that by that by doing that because you're afraid of how I'm going to react. You're speaking on my behalf, and you're showing that you don't think that I can control my emotions. I I can. Please do not speak for me. Second of all, um, it, to me, it makes it feel like a throwaway. Like you that that the friendship didn't matter to you. Mm-hmm. And these are things that I would also attribute to a relationship breakup as well. So, like, it, I'm, I'm no longer, like, thinking that they have to be these two separate things. Like, no, like, it's still a breakup. It is still two people who are agreeing to no longer be in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And so if I wouldn't allow it to happen from a guy, then I'm not going to allow it to happen from, like, a girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know if, like, if you agree with that or, like, how you feel about... No, I, I would be... I think I would be more hurt both situations if mm-hmm. it was if it happened um via text message because i feel like i've invested so much time and energy and i've allowed you whoever the person is to like consume so much of my space and my time that like you didn't even you don't even you don't even care about me enough to give me 30 minute conversation in person um and so i think i would be i think i'd be mad I think I would be upset. I think my feelings would be hurt. All emotions that I feel are valid in that situation. But if I were going to end a friendship, I would want to do it in person because I, th- I feel like I deserve that. You deserve that. The friendship deserves that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And it just, I think that a lot of people also, like I said before, it comes down to a blame game mm-hmm. in that way of who's at fault. And they take grace and compassion out of the conversation. And granted, like I said, haven't broken up with many people in my life. I have. <laughs> so. I have. And I've done my fair share of text breakups and in-person breakups. <laughs> so, um yeah, definitely, definitely should have always done in person. But, you know, high school me, early college me <laughs> was like, ah, that's okay. <laughs> they don't really care. Yeah. They're so-and-so yeah. hours away. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> when am I going to see them in person? <laughs> that was yeah. also like, I feel like that's an excuse to like, well, I'm not going to see them in person or they moved to X, Y, Z or I'm not going to see them for another month. Am I just supposed to pretend that everything's fine for another month? Well, there is such thing as like FaceTime. Yes. I feel like that is even more appropriate than typing on your keyboard because you can. It's more appropriate than even getting a voice message like I got from some oh dude gosh, once. I forgot about that. But yeah. Yeah. Like, like you're still, if, if that is seriously like a concern, like, oh, they moved several hours away. I'm not going to see them for three months. I don't want to continue to pretend that things are like rainbows and butterflies. Like I really want to have this conversation. Just FaceTime them. That way you're still giving them the space to have a conversation. You're giving them the space to receive the information yes. more in person than you could you could even do on a phone call. Because like I still feel like FaceTime is more personal than even a phone call. Um, yes. So if I don't know. With this day and you age, you really point. don't have an excuse to not do it. You bring up a good point, though, because by doing that, you're allowing the other person. You're making a conversation and not a... This is this is my decision. This is what we're doing. 
end of story, goodbye. Yes, because that is, I feel like, what most people do. Like, I've already decided there's nothing you can say that can change my mind. When in reality, if you really truly care about this person and you have this issue with them, like it should be an an open conversation to see if there's any way to remediate the situation. That person may not even know that they've done something to upset you and you've already in your mind just totally like discounted everything about them when in reality they may have seriously no idea or if they had an inkling of an idea, they may not have realized the impact that it had on you. So like opening that dialogue to even see if there's a way to remediate the situation, I feel like is really important. Yes, because what you're doing is you're making it a me versus them when it should be a you both of you versus the issue. Yeah, which is how we talk about in relationships all the time. I feel like exactly. people just need to treat them as the same. Like you you wouldn't you wouldn't do that to someone that you love and share a life with. Like I mean, people do, but like I don't know. It just it just seems so impersonal and it seems like you just have totally discredited all of the years that someone has been in your life and like you've seen mm-hmm. them grow as a person, you've been there through the hard times and the good times and you're just like it's almost like you just have this like whole new perspective of them in like 2.5 seconds and it's like maybe just hear them out first. Like even if you still come to your same decision, like giving them the space to own up to what they've done or tell you why they've done it or whatever. Like, I just feel like it, I I feel like I would want to be given that space if it were me. Like I would be upset if you texted me and like, Hey, we're not friends anymore. (laughs) I'd be like, yeah. Okay. I'm fucking, I'd be fucking Uh, insane. This bitch. I'd be like this bitch really thought (laughs) she really thought, uh, next plane to LA. At your fucking doorstep. I'd be like, you really thought. <laughs> like, absolutely not. We've been through way too much for you to text me and say, we're not friends anymore. I'd be like, I'd be like, who killed her? Who is behind the phone? <laughs> I'd be like, this isn't, this is not, this isn't her. This is not Emily. <laughs> that's, that's honestly right there. That's your sign that I've been kidnapped right there. I was like, <laughs> I was like, she's that. been kidnapped or the guy she's dating has totally brainwashed her. <laughs> like, those would be the two things. <laughs> She needs because everybody, she needs saving. everybody knows. Everybody knows that Hannah is my soulmate. <laughs> like I mean, duh. <laughs> so it's like, but like, no, like, like seriously though. If like I did something to upset you, you were like very much like I don't know if we can still be friends because of this. Like I would be upset if you didn't if you didn't give me the chance to explain myself. So I I'm just think what it would be. <laughs> I'd probably have to kill your dog. <laughs> I would, I literally would never, but like, I don't know. I literally don't know what it would be, but it would have to be like massive. Yes. Cause like we get in tips all the time, but it's not never to the, it's like dumb. And we're like, I'm in a bad mood. Please don't text me. (laughs) Like, or, um, that, that was annoying. Don't don't speak like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like if we had taken like five seconds usually. And it's very much an impulse Aries Leo response that typically it's just our fire <laughs> energy that typically ends in a tiff but what it is but no i think i think it's important to put yourself in their shoes would you want to be given the opportunity to have a conversation regarding it yeah because here's the thing and i've heard this too like with relationships as well that people are always like well yeah we can have a conversation and they can you know i can address the problem and they can say they're going to change 
but they could just be saying that. You don't know. <laughs> no. And, yes. And talk is and cheap. Going talk to, is cheap. Well, and they're going to show you very quickly if they're going to change or not. Yes. Like that. That's like but, me giving my ex 17 tra- chances to change and he sort of changed and then never really did. Like, but here's the thing. But that's when you can make that decision. Like, okay, I've now yes. given you this opportunity to do these things that you're gonna do. You say you're gonna do. If you don't do them, then that, then honestly, that's a means to an end. Yes. So that is when you have a conversation to set a boundary, mm-hmm. and then if that boundary is then crossed again, and you're like, okay, we're back at this. Mm-hmm. I'm, like I've already, about I've already told you this one time. Like. Then, yes, in the friendship then. Yeah. End it then. Because th- that's how you would a relationship. Like, if the boundaries are been set and you are like, okay, well, and now I'm actually thinking about ending this friendship. What if they just, you know, I had this in-person conversation and they just, you know, are saying that they're going to change. You already have evidential proof that that is not going to happen. They've already promised you that. Don't let them make a fool. Like, don't make yourself a fool again. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, that is when you're fine to end the conver- like end the friendship. Like, and you have reason that you can provide to them. Yeah. Like, look, like, like I, I know you're seeing your change, mm-hmm. but we did this the last time, and I told you that this was the boundary for me, and you're not respecting that. And I've given you ample amount of time to change that behavior, and I now have to put my foot down and say, hey, I don't think that this is a safe place for me to continue this friendship. Or I don't think that, you know, this is something that we can continue on in the time being and that we need to take, you know, time apart from each other. And then maybe years down the road, when we both matured, we can be friends again. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that unless you have a conversation with someone. Yeah. Because if you just, if you have a very one-sided, like, decision-making with that, I think, no, the other person is not going to hear you Mm -hmm. at all with Mm -hmm. that. Even if, like, you're reinstating that boundary, the other person's not going to hear you. I think it's just more effective when you're in person. And if you're also worried that, well, maybe, like, I'll, like, I'm worried that I will be swayed by them in the moment and change my mind. You have to be just so concrete and so present within your own body and your own emotions that that will not happen. And I think when you are very concrete in your decision... That that is not something that you can be swayed on. If it's something that you're wishy washy on, yeah, definitely for sure. But that's when you need to know what your goal is going into the conversation. You need to know like what your definitive goal is, and if it is to hear them out, and that option A is to end the friendship, then that's fine, and you can allow yourself to be swayed. But if you're like there is no swaying going on, I. I am done. I'm had it. I am, you know, I want it in this friendship now. I don't think you're going to be swayed no matter how they react. Mm-hmm. The only way I would ever encourage a distant conversation like FaceTime or like text or whatever is if you think it's going to be violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and that it's you're worried for your own safety in that regard that's the only way I would tolerate that and think that it's okay because I would say the same thing for a relationship as well Mm -hmm. but when you're going through this and you're (laughs) we've gone through it we've dealt with the breakup we have it next phase moving on um this is when like subconscious patterns need to be realized Mm -hmm. and this is the time for you to really take note of what exactly was toxic in this friendship? We've already identified that now that we've had space from it. Like, 
recognizing the subconscious patterns and, you know, is this something that you're seeing, like, within multiple parts of your friendships with other people? And sometimes they'll all knock themselves out all at once, like with my situation. <laughs> um, they kind of just, back to back, just knock themselves out, which I didn't have to do anything, and that was fine. But <laughs> it was a situation where someone um, was making me feel like I was an inadequate friend which I can tell when I'm being an inadequate friend, just in my opinion. Um, Hannah, feel free to disagree and tell me if I've ever been an inadequate friend to anybody in my life. <laughs> no. The answer is no. Okay. And um, in this scenario, they both decided to just remove themselves from my life voluntarily, which was easy for me. I was like, great, thank you. Um, the trash is taking itself out. Uh, but <laughs> I... If it had not been that way, I am the kind of person where I would have let it continue on and I would not have probably brought up the conversation until I was at my breaking point, mm -hmm. which I think is a lot of people. And it, regardless, it would have been a conversation that I would have had in person. And I am just a very blunt person, I think, more with my friends than I am with my romantic partners. And... I am just the kind of person where I would have been like, you know, hey, you there. I don't think that we are on the same page of what this friendship is. And you I'm assuming that you are requiring this much a lot of time for me and you're wanting to spend more time with me. And I'm honored by that. I love that you want to spend so much time with me. I cannot give that to you. That's something that I would also tell a partner like I. I cannot give you that much time. I cannot give you that much of my life. I have so much other stuff going on. Is there a compromise that we can come to? And if there's not, then I'm sorry. I don't think that I can continue this. Yeah. Like I I love you. I think you're a great person, but I I just feel like there is a lot more that you're wanting that I am not able to give you right now. Right. And uh just being blunt and upfront with you with what I have going on mm -hmm. in my life. And if, and, and that's, that's the situation too. I'm not assuming what the other person's wanting for me in their life. I'm asking them up front, like, it seems like you want this much time from me. Am I wrong to assume that? Mm -hmm. And then like, I'm, I don't, I, cause I don't want to speak for somebody else's feelings and experience. True. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. I'm already so, extending uh, myself this much. That's literally all I've got. So what yeah. can we do to remediate this? If there is nothing and you want more and I, physically can't like there are no more arms to extend <laughs> like we are out yeah <laughs> so yeah. because I'm thinking like when I've been told that like in a relationship usually it's the guy speaking for me thinking that I'm wanting more. more and you're like I don't even have more to get I there's no part of I there's no more time for me to even give to you so I don't want yeah. any more I've never I was like the word more has never left my mouth like never asked for more I am just asking you to acknowledge what, that what this, this is a relationship. Is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, acknowledge yeah. that this is a relationship and you're not going to see anyone else. How difficult is that? It's not Apparently really it's very difficult oh. for people. But, uh, but yeah, so <laughs> I think a lot of times, you know, if a boundary has been crossed with friends for me, I do address that very early on and I'm never going when I'm addressing a boundary though I'm never going in with the mindset that 
this is it. This is the end of it kind of thing. Because I want to give that person a second chance. And I think that that is valuable. But sometimes now that I'm looking back in patterns of my friendships, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm thinking that a boundary has been crossed, do I sh- should I give this person another opportunity? Because the past has told me that maybe I shouldn't. But I also want to acknowledge that everybody else in my life is mm-hmm. different. And that not everybody is the same. So just because in the past something's gone a certain way when that's happened with a friend, maybe it's not the friend that's the problem. Maybe it's you. Mm. Also remembering not to think that every situation is going to go the exact same way as it played out maybe with somebody else. Like if you broke mm-hmm. up with a friend and it did not go well um, or, you know, just whatever. Because just that, because yeah. that person reacted that way doesn't mean that the next person is going to react the same way. You never know. Like, like so like it's, it's like you're trying not to compare, like taking comparison mm-hmm. out of it. Um, mm-hmm. But also then recognizing when maybe you are the issue. Like if you, yeah. if you are constantly having to go through this with people, then maybe there's some self-reflecting that needs to be happening. Yes, because I have known people who have ended a lot of friendships in their life and really distanced themselves from these people. And it, they, they always said like, you know, you're, you, you're not giving enough to this friendship. Like you, you're not being there for me. You're not supportive. What are your expectations? Are you communicating that mm-hmm. to these people? Are you, you know, setting standards too high for anybody to meet? And if it's that's a common reoccurrence that you don't feel like your friends are being supportive enough for you, like, what are you doing to make them, like, what? Are, how are you handling that situation? Because at, at the end of the day, that is something that is reflective onto you and not towards them. There's something that you're not communicating to these people and not pe- people can't show up for you in certain ways unless you tell them. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it's like, if they're not being supportive enough of you, are you being supportive of them or are you making it all yes. about you? Yes. So it's just, yes. I think there's some self-reflecting. There's some, you know, you need to open up a dialogue, see if things can be remediated, make your boundaries, do all the things. Because yeah, I would want, because I, I would want that done for me, if yeah. it was if the shoe was flipped. So yeah, I think a lot of people just go into these conversations and they go into these breakups very defensively with their mind and made up. I think that's that's yes. the key. And sometimes it's okay to have your mind made up, and sometimes it's okay yeah. to stand your ground and not, like you said, be swayed. But in some situations, like maybe go into it with a little bit of an open mind and just kind of like see where it ends. Yeah. And is there anything that you could have done to have remedied this? And anyway, before you've had, even had to have that conversation, mm-hmm. like, is there anything that you could have done that would have led to them acting this way? Is there anything that you could have done that would have made them feel like you heard them or you were there for them or you were supportive to them, whatever it may be? Is there anything that you could have done that would have just made this outcome be completely different instead of putting all the pressure onto them? Is there anything that you could have communicated to them? any boundary you could have set beforehand Mm -hmm. that would have just allowed this to not happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just, they're very easy to villainize the other person in these conversations instead of doing self-reflection at the end of the day. And that's what I want to encourage everybody to do is take time to do self-reflection. And you have the idea that you want to have this conversation with somebody, have a goal in mind for that conversation, saying that you want to talk things out, like, 
what is your goal at the end of the day for it? Mm -hmm. And are you going, like, are you ready to have that conversation? Because don't go into it if you're not ready for shit to hit the fan, basically. And if you were okay with losing them as a friend and you are fine to walk away from that, then be okay with that. If you're not at that stage yet and you're not ready to handle that, don't have the conversation yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like a breakup. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, having a fight with, like it's stop just like differentiating the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically they're all the same. <laughs> they all suck. <laughs> yes, yes, and I just think that you know just having more respect and um, yeah, just taking your own time with it and taking the time to heal and taking the time to lean on your other friends for support in these matters. It's not a bad thing to ask them for advice. It's not a bad thing to wonder what they could do, what they would do because they also know you and they also usually can be the ones to tell you, "Hey, you may have fucked up here, bud. You may be the one that's in the wrong. Your friends are more likely to tell you that than you would think." And I would I I mean, I ask you all the time like when it with certain things like that and I expect you to tell me if I fucked up or not mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to other people's friendships and lives and stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Like getting an unbiased opinion about the situation too is sometimes helpful mm-hmm. to kind of put it into a perspective that maybe you're a little bit, you've got your shades on. You don't want to look at the other issues, but yeah, that's a good point. Wow. Okay. I'm glad we had that conversation because yeah. we haven't talked about this in a while. No. And I feel, and I feel like it, it's a conversation that people don't have. And so I really like that episode because I feel like there's a lot of good takeaways from there. And I feel like we now have like more experience mm-hmm. and have opened our hearts even more since we recorded the first episode. Like that was like back in 2019. We are growing. We are growing little wow. ducklets. Like we're ducklings that have grown and we're just these beautiful swan. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going to go with that, honestly. I really didn't know. And I was just waiting to hear how that was going to end. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like we – it's it's interesting because I feel like we've matured with our content and with our audience, and so it's really cool to kind of see that. So, Yeah, and it's a, it's a part of life that needs to be discussed more, and we're happy that we can do that, and we hope that this advice has at least helped one of you. <laughs> And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Bye.